This is Andy Purawal for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. And for the first time in what I think is about eight or nine months, I am delighted to be joined by promoter Eddie Hearn. In all places, it's out here in Texas. Eddie, how is life? How have you been doing? Life is good. Um, it's a fantastic end to the year, of course. Someone said to me yesterday, you know, how does it feel to do AJ, Golovkin and Canelo in one week? And it's mad when you look at it like that. But honestly, it's just been about just focusing on each event each day and trying to overcome the problems because I don't want to jinx it but right now I think we're good you know but every day presents new problems so um, I won't sit back and enjoy it till it's over but I'm really proud of, of particularly the close of the year because it's not been easy um, but it's been a lot of fun it's been very challenging and I'm looking forward to this weekend and of course 2021. I mean, to get AJ out last week you've obviously got Golovkin on Friday night and then the big one between Canelo and Smith on Saturday night what have been the biggest logistical logistical challenges that you guys have had to overcome to ensure you could get those three fights on? Well, everything. I mean, from the start, making the fights, you know, and, and getting the trust of the fighters to compete in a different kind of environment. Um, also, we know there's less money in the pot because there's no gate. Um, but competitors and fighters want to fight. They want to compete. Um, and that goes for Triple G, that goes for Callum, that goes for... Uh, Canelo, of course that goes for AJ as well and these guys should get a big pat on the back because we've done a good job but it's the fighters that have chose to get in there and, and compete and the great ones do that's what they want to do so logistically all kinds of different problems I mean of course from a UK perspective with AJ it was being allowed crowds and you know getting only a thousand in there and getting Pulev over and then in uh, Hollywood in Florida setting that up at the Hard Rock you know getting Zerometa over from Poland getting Golovkin in that fight there. Here, probably more difficult because we have 12,000 on Saturday, which is fantastic. Um, you know, putting the seating plans together, making sure it's safe for spectators, dealing with the state, dealing with the commission, dealing with the governing bodies, and of course, making a fight like Canelo Alvarez against Callum Smith. So it's been nonstop. And to be fair, we have Italy tonight. You know, we have Gamal Fire going for the European title. So we have three events in three days, which is a really, really good achievement in this current environment. And of course, culminating in a huge event on Saturday night. Let's come on to the show here in Texas as we are here, Eddie. Um, Canelo versus Callum Smith. When the fight was first announced, naturally people kind of edged towards Canelo, the pound for pound king for, for many. But as we've kind of edged close towards fight week, I've seen a lot more people maybe swaying towards Callum and certainly maybe seeing the challenge that he possesses a, a lot more seriously. What have been your thoughts, and especially on the back of the face-off that they yeah. did the first time yeah. earlier this week? That's always the thing with Canelo, isn't it? You do the face-off. You know, I've seen it against Rocky Fielding. I've seen it even against Danny Jacobs was, was quite sizably bigger. And then again with Sergei Kovalev. The difference is when you compare the, you know, those three guys, particularly of Callum Smith, Rocky and, and Sergei Kovalev, Callum is the better fighter. You know, Callum is the fresher fighter. Callum punches harder than those guys. So having a size advantage and a reach advantage is great, but knowing what to do with it is better. But you have to be able to punch against Canelo Alvarez. This is the key. Because otherwise, you know, you saw in the fielding fight, he'll walk you down, he'll cut you off, he'll beat you up to the body, he'll put tremendous amounts of pressure on you. You have to be able to put a dent in him. I don't think he'll just be walking fearlessly into Callum Smith. You know, Callum's jab should be keep, keeping him at range. Um, and he hits very hard to head and body. I think it's a tremendous fight, tremendous fight. Because, yes, Canelo, in my book, number one pound-for-pound pound fighter in the world. Look at the challenges he's taking. You know, last year he boxed Daniel Jacobs for his middleweight title. Then he moved up two divisions to fight Sergei Kovalev for his light heavyweight world title. Now he's fighting the number one at 168. It's fantastic. 
But Callum Smith is the best 168 pounder in the world. And you haven't seen the best from Callum Smith because he hasn't been motivated since the series because he wants those legacy moments. This is it. We've delivered it to him on a plate. Unique, unique uh, surroundings and situation, but he's got it. And I'm really pleased for him, you know, Obviously, I've got two hats on. You know, I've got the Callum Smith hat, which is my primary hat, right? And I want him to win more than anything. And I've got the fact, the DAZN hat of bringing Canelo Alvarez back to DAZN, which was a massive coup, massive coup. But there's nothing more I'd love to see than Callum do the business. And he can do it. He really can do it. The underdog, unquestionably, especially out here. But I reckon, I think he's going for the knockout. You know, I saw, I don't know if it was you or Andy's interview with Joe Gallagher, said, we have to knock him out. And that's what he'll be trying to do. He has the power, he has the ability to do it, but it's going to be very difficult. I mean, talking about the knockout there, is it a concern of yours at all? We've seen in the past Canelo's had a couple of favourable decisions and people could discuss him in his career. And we've, we've seen some dubious decisions out here in Texas previously. Is it a concern that if it does go to the cards and if many people feel that Callum did enough to win, it won't be given to him? I think whenever you're fighting a superstar, whenever you're fighting a champion, whenever you're fighting a guy who... You know, could throw a jab and the crowd goes absolutely mad. You have to say that they have an edge in the fight. You know, there's nothing corrupt about it, but it's just it's Canelo Alvarez, right? But I do feel like we have a great judging panel here. I do think Callum's going to get a fair shake, but I think at the same time he doesn't want to leave any. I don't think you're going to see Callum Smith coasting through this fight in a close fight, just hoping he gets the decision. I think you're going to see him try and knock uh, Canelo Alvarez out, and I think that's a good strategy as well. Um, but, you know, I think whenever you're in, effectively, someone's backyard, I mean, it's weird, isn't it, in this fight, because Callum is the champion. You know, he's putting his belts on the line, but he is fighting a superstar. You're not going to get the same atmosphere. You've got 12,000, it'll be loud, but it's a 65,000 seater. It makes a big difference. So I think some of that is, is equalised, but, you know, for me, he has to win this fight well to get the victory. Where would a win for Callum rank in the history of British boxing, at least in your opinion, Eddie? I think it's a huge win. I mean, listen, there's big upsets, isn't there? Like, if you look at upsets, you talk about probably Hunnigan against Curry. But if you talk about great British wins, especially on the road, you know, or, or against, you know, British and American fighters or whatever, you say, I don't know, of, me, of recent time, Calzaghe against Lacey, Naz against Kevin Kelly was a great win, AJ against Klitschko. Fury against Klitschko, um, you know, I put, I put those kind of wins, but it's not, look, if Callum wins, it ain't a shock to me or the team. We expect him to win, but we also understand it's going to be a very difficult fight, but he would be beating the pound for pound number one. So in that respect, it's a monstrous victory. I don't know whether you're superstitious or not, Eddie, but Naz Kelly happens to be on the same day of Canelo Smith on Saturday night, really? so if you're superstitious. But moving away from that, we haven't, well, you haven't had a chance to speak to Boxing Social since this past weekend. We saw Anthony Joshua retain his uh, unified world titles. Just reflect on his performance and the victory for me, Eddie. I thought it was an absolutely brilliant performance. I mean, it's quite baffling where people try and find a way to not give him credit. You know, I mean, you can't win, can you? Is he going to be the old AJ, the new AJ? He ain't old or new. He's just AJ who's found a way to be very effective, very good, and to beat people with different tactics every time. And against Pulev, he boxed him, he broke him down, he beat him up, and he knocked him out spectacularly. What more do you want? You know, I think he got hit twice in the fight by anything substantial. So, you know, you've got Bob Arum saying, oh, Pulev's going to knock him out, Pulev's going to do this, Pulev's going to do this. And then after the fight... When Pulev hasn't won a second of any round, really, Bob says, well, I weren't very impressed by his performance. So you can't win. 
AJ is the best heavyweight in the world, he will continue to prove it. And I guess next year we will get the chance, I believe, to really see unquestionably leave no answers as to who is the best. But I thought it was a brilliant performance. There were some comments that I certainly saw over social media on the back of a win. Some people saying maybe he could have stopped Pulev earlier. Maybe he was a little cautious at times going back to, you know, he dropped Pulev in the third round. Did he maybe run through his mind? What happened with Varese he dropped him in the third round? And then we all know what happened out in New York. Did you see any of that yourself? I just saw someone who's wiser. You know, I saw someone that's not reckless, that's not... You know, AJ used to go in when he hurt someone and just literally anything goes, right? Chin in the air, whatever. You can do that at a certain level, but you can't do that at world-class level. It's all very well doing that against, I don't know, Gary Cornish or Baktov or, you know, uh, Erich or these kind of guys that he was fighting, Jason Gavin. But you can't do it against guys that are firing back. Pulev was very, very game. I mean, you saw how tough he was. To be honest with you, look, the fight should have been stopped in the third round. He turned his back, the fight was over. But in the fourth round, AJ just composed himself. And, you know, if he hadn't have got the knockout and if he would have just coasted through to 12, I think maybe you could have said, you know, you should have jumped on him and got him out of there. But I thought it was a brilliant performance. He hasn't boxed for a year. You know, all the pressure of the Fury fight and everyone talking about that, I just thought it was a wonderful performance and super composed, spiteful, brilliant. Now you mentioned the Fury fight. There's two things we've had. Firstly, after the fight, we saw in the post-fight interview, the, a lot of people again saying that maybe Anthony never called out Fury as much as what people would have anticipated. What are your thoughts on, on it? I just don't think you're going to get AJ calling out anyone. I think he's bored of people using his name in the past to try and get fights. And I go back to the Wilder fight where I always told him, we'll get this fight. Wilder can't turn this down, especially with a final disown offer. And he was like, he won't fight me. He won't fight me. I said, he will, he will. And, you know, he ended up being drawn into all these conversations, which was effectively designed to raise Deontay Wilder's profile. Now, thankfully, since we've found out since, they were lying, right? But in this situation, all I can tell you is there's only one fight that's being discussed within the team, and that's Tyson Fury. What you're not going to do is get AJ coming out, calling him a big dosser, making jumpers with... His, his face on it or his old man's face or whatever it's just not his style he's never done it so I think more talk le uh, more action less talk more action is that's what I said and that's, that's really what we're thinking get the fight made and then you'll hear everything you need to hear from me but I just don't I don't know I don't know I think, I think he's learnt his lesson of talking about fights that may never materialise in his head he doesn't 100% believe this fight will happen next to be honest I'm telling him again, I think it will. And now I've got to deliver it. After the fight, Eddie, you did say that talks will begin on Monday. Have they begun? Yeah. And what has kind of been said so far? Loads of uh, bits and pieces going on behind the scenes, specifically a couple of conversations with Bob Aaron. Um, we are working on contracts from our side. There's been a lot of discussions this week. We hope to get something over to the team soon to press forward with this. A couple of issues. Obviously, broadcasters, uh, where the fight will take place. But that's kind of it, really, to be honest with you. Obviously, we know about the WBO situation. Um, but we're in a position now where my plan is to exchange sort of draft agreements in the next couple of weeks and then move forward and go out to market and see where we're going to do this fight. But again, all the conversations with Bob, everyone on the same position. You know, we don't see... I think the only thing that could potentially scupper the fight is the Deontay Wilder legal situation, which sounds like, according to Bob, that that's irrelevant anyway. But that's, that's out of our control. But I, I, don't, I don't see this fight not happening.
You mentioned the WBO title situation, Eddie. We've seen the WBO very insistent that we see Alexander Usyk face AJ next. Is there any chances that that could be a big hindrance or that may well no, see because, the fight happen? Because there's only one fight we want, and that's Tyson Fury. So we respect uh, Alexander Usyk's mandatory position. But as I said in an interview yesterday, I'm sick and tired of the sport not getting the fights that we should deliver because of politics. And when you look at the amount of money that these governing bodies are going to make out of this fight, and I see it because we write them checks every single week. And the reason I speak up about this at the moment is because financially things are very, very tough. But they don't have risk, you know. And we value the belts and we respect the presidents of each individual organisation. But I'll tell you something now, when you're paying them as much money as you're paying them, and now you've got another guy who wants seven figures for a step aside, in the end, at what point do you go, you know what? We want undisputed. That's always been the aim, right? And I'd be really upset if we couldn't get it. But if we lose one belt, we might as well lose them all. Because what do you care if there's a belt on the line? You know, what does is, what is, what is the public care if there's a belt on the line? We care, the fighters care, people in boxing care. But when you look at the amount of money that's going out of the fight, you look at the step aside money, the belts can be irrelevant. It's to find out who the best heavyweight in the world is. That's what this fight's all about. But AJ has always had a dream for it to be undisputed. So my message to the governing bodies is, be careful, don't be greedy, right? We're all, we're all suffering in business right now. So you have to just understand and play the game and do what's right for boxing. And it's not a case of just disregarding Alexander's position. He's become mandatory for the WBO world title. So we want to try and find a solution with him. And we'll fight Usyk if the Fury fight don't get made for any reason. But that's not on our agenda at all at the moment. The only fight we want is Tyson Fury. And if it's one belt, four belts or no belts, it's still the fight we want next. I just want to touch on Alexander, Eddie. We've seen a video come out where he said that he wasn't happy with the gloves on the night of the fight with Derek Chisora and he wasn't happy with the ring size. Can you just kind of fill us in on the situation there and Alexander's effectively accusations or his unhappiness? Yes, yeah, so the ring was 20 foot by 20 foot, which was measured on the night by their team. They all know the size of the, team, uh, the ring. It was exactly the same ring that was used for the Bellew fight. He just felt that it felt smaller. It wasn't at all. Um, on the gloves, his team didn't like the gloves, fly gloves, that are approved by the British Boxing Board of Control. Um, in the contract, both teams have to provide gloves a brand that is approved by the British Boxing Board of Control. Fly are, you know the game. Yes. Dylan wears them, I think. I mean, Josh Kelly wears them. A number of other fighters wear them. They didn't like them, so they tried to get them changed. That's it. You know, I mean, Alex Krasik, I've spoke to, you know, asked me the question about the ring, 20 foot by 20 foot, as per the contract, as per his last fight. So, you know, the glove thing I knew about because I think as well, Usyk felt that like with Bellew and Hay there, that it was just a bit, you know, heavy on, but. He had Aegis and Alex there, but they just chose not to stand up and scream and shout because they're not like that. So, yeah, I've spoken to Alex Krasuk and, and both of those thoughts from Usyk are complete rubbish. Eddie, what's got just a few other things I want to touch on before I leave you. Um, we've seen you come out saying that Dillian White may not be facing Alexander Povetkin next. Have you got any update on that and elaborate again on potential other opponents? So, really, you know, Dillian's one of those real fiery guys. So, he was supposed to fight Povetkin on November 21st. We all know that was a very quick turnaround from the original fight. Then he was supposed to fight him on January 30th, if that was a proposed date. And to be honest with you, Povetkin's just not back in full training yet. So he's asked if that can be uh, March the 6th. 
Okay, so five weeks later. We're looking at Feb 20 or Feb 27. Dillian's frustrated because he wants to fight. But as I've said to him, like, you could fight someone else, but you'll do that in February. So for an extra two weeks, you get the fight you need, you get the fight you want. So we are looking at other options for Dillian White right now, but my advice is to lock in the fight with Alexander Povetkin and go and win that rematch. As soon as I was going to say, we saw the names like Deontay Wilder, Andy Ruiz mentioned, Luis Ortiz. What do you think the most realistic outcome is of it all? I think the most realistic outcome is we'll, we'll lock in a date with Alexander Povetkin. That's the fight Dillian White needs, but at the same time, he doesn't want to hang around, he doesn't want to wait. So, you know, we'll see what happens over the next few days. But for me, the best option is to lock that in for March 6th, to be honest with you. Um, but we are speaking to a number of other fighters to see if Dillian wants to take an alternative fight. Away from them, but with um, the heavyweight still, Derek Chisora, Joe Joyce, David Hayes said that he'd like to see that one possibly made next. Do you think that's possible? Yeah, I think it's a good fight. I mean, you know, obviously Joe Joyce shouted that out when he didn't really have any notable wins and Chisora said... You know, it's not a big enough fight. Now Chisora's saying, I'll take that fight. So I think that's a good fight to make next. Obviously, Joyce is looking at the WBO situation as well and saying, well, if that title becomes vacant, I'll get the Usyk fight. Um, but I think Joe wants to fight and should fight and should probably get out in February. And if that's Chisora, we'd, we'd definitely look at that. And I'm sure David Hay would look at that. And you know, it's a good fight. Also seen you've made an offer for Michael Hunter and Filip Hergovic. Mm. Where do things stand with that, Eddie? So I made an offer two weeks ago. I didn't get a reply. Um, I, I know he wanted to fight Dillian White for free and Tyson Fury for free. This wasn't for free, but we haven't had a reply, uh, which is disappointing. But he's fighting here tomorrow night, Michael Hunter, in Texas. And I think he's going to come to the show on Saturday. So I'll be saying, come on, Philip Hergovic. I think Hergovic will either fight Bacoli or Hunter next. The Hunter fight is the one that we, we've targeted and want, but obviously if he doesn't want it, we'll have to see. Just want to touch on the Paul brothers, Eddie, one facing Floyd Mayweather, the other calling out Conor McGregor. What do you make of this? And are you the reason behind seeing all these YouTubers yeah. coming into the boxing world now? It's my fault. Um, I think that I have no problem with YouTubers in boxing if they take it seriously and they add eyeballs and they add interest. What I'm saying is when we talk about Fury against AJ, when we talk about Crawford against Spence, if we don't start making these fights, then that will become the norm. Because what we can't ignore is Fury, uh, Tyson, Mike Tyson, Roy Jones, YouTubers do big numbers. And in boxing, average fights don't do big numbers. So we're competing with that space. And ultimately, the broadcaster will say, well, we, we need numbers. So we've got to be careful that that doesn't become the norm. We've got to make sure that we can keep making the big fights. I didn't like Jake Paul's video. I thought it was extremely disrespectful. And to be honest with you, I mean... You know, he's not going to talk about me. But I think if anybody talks about your wife like that, then they should get a smack. So, but again, he's goading, right? And Jake Paul don't give a fuck. He just, he'll, he will do and say whatever he needs to say to try and get a reaction or to get a fight. Just, you know, there's certain things that, you, in my opinion, you don't say. But Jake Paul knows what he's doing. Jake Paul's getting eyeballs. And, you know... I'm sure he'll land a big fight next. Just one thing with Floyd, Eddie. Um, we know that he's one of the biggest stars in the sport, but a few people, tongue-in-cheek comments on social media, seeing him attend the AJ fight on Saturday. Um, how exactly did he manage to sneak into the arena, effectively, is what people were saying, mm. given the restrictions on attendance? Because he was invited by the broadcasters and he was giving interviews for the broadcasters. And when you do that, you're allowed in. He sat with people away from the 
uh, the, the, the bubble area. He did go and see AJ after, but he had been tested, uh, not through our facility, by someone else. But ultimately, when you're working for TV and you're giving interviews, you are allowed to attend. And the final question I just want you to touch on, Huey Fury, a very different performance from yeah, what we've been used to. What do you make of it? I thought it was really good. I mean, Huey never gets a credit. A bit like Coley and sometimes a little bit like AJ. You can't really win. You know, people criticise Huey Fury for boxing off the back foot and all of a sudden he walks forward all night. You know, he gets his face sliced up, you know, and tries to have a fight and a tear up with Marius Wack and he still don't get the credit. I thought it was a good fight and I thought it was a good performance. And he's someone that's going to land a big fight in 2021 as well. Eddie, has always been a pleasure to catch up with you first time in about eight months. And I'm sure I'll speak to you for the rest of this week. Thank you, speak to Boxing Social. Cheers, mate. Cheers.